Welcome to this edition of In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. As we await the COVID-19 delayed opening day of this year's baseball season, there is a new baseball novel to help fill the void. It's a tale of a star outfielder, Jason Goodyear, and a supporting cast of characters that make up the annual rite of passage that's known as spring training. I recently talked with author Emily Nimmons about her new novel, The Cactus League. So is this just a regular spring spring training for, for Jason? No, it's not. So I wanted to think about and write about sort of a generational player, um, MVP, gold glove, best arm on the team, best bat on the team. Um, what happens when the guy who everyone is counting on starts to come apart? And um, it really is a community novel. It's about Jason, but about all of his teammates, the front office, the coaching staff, everyone who relies on the Los Angeles Lions and by extension relies on Jason. It's, um, you know, the ripples of, of his struggles and his uh, bad behavior uh, are felt uh, sort of concentric rings spreading outward and just imagining that web and, and painting out that ecosystem was, you know, one of the great joys of my life in terms of trying to express what that community looks like and how it might react to a, a challenge like losing their uh, their star. Sure, we we have well, we're we're within driving distance of St. Louis, and we have a we have a minor league team here, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I think uh, uh, the book I think the story resonates well, especially anyone that that, that has lived in and around uh, a community that that supports and has uh, has baseball and and all of the sometimes. Um, less than picture perfect aspects of of the game what sparks your interest in 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 baseball i gather it's probably something that you've had for a while right it's it's deeply personal um i grew up in seattle going to mariners games with my dad and you know i i was born in the early 80s and so i sort of became aware of the sport and started paying attention right around when ken griffey jr was a rookie so it was a fun time to, to watch baseball in Seattle. Um, and, you know, the thing that was so magical about spring training for me, yes, they're practice games. No, no one's in great shape. Yes, uh, there's a lot of, you know, bad fielding and pitchers who don't have their stuff. But, you know, if you're used to a major league stadium, which is so big and corporate and, you know, particularly the kingdom in the 80s and 90s, uh, was this indoor sterile place um, to go to spring training games, which are, you know, out in the sun, everything's more casual. The stadium is a quarter of the size. So you're really close to the players and watching every move. Um, It's really magical. And so, you know, I started going just for a long weekend to spring training sometime in the early or mid nineties. And I wouldn't go every year, but my dad and I would, you know, go every two or three years. And, you know, the place just got under my skin in the best way where, you know, I'd come back to Phoenix, get get off the airplane um, at Phoenix Metro and just think, oh, I'm back, I'm here. And I started, you know, watching the game more seriously, paying more attention to what was happening on the field, but also, you know, coming back to a place year after year, you see how it's changed. And, Phoenix was one of those cities that grew so dramatically in the 90s and the 2000s and then also really struggled um, during the economic recession in 2008. Mm -hmm. 
And so the book is about the stadium, but it's also about a community coming back. Um, you know, spring training is all about hope and renewal and another shot than the new season. Um, and it's definitely happening for the team, the Los Angeles Lions, but it's also happening off the field in this community as they're trying to rebuild. Tell me a little bit about how you've set up the narrative in the book. The, the narrator plays um, an interesting role, I think, as the story uh, story unfolds, and it's this, this sports writer that, that's kind yeah. of leading us through through the trials and tribulations of Jason Goodyear. Yeah, so uh, it's a community novel. I really wanted it to be about the community of this team, and that means it's the athletes, but it's also you know front office people and um, fans. The organist has a chapter, um, and you know, so there's these disparate voices, and I really wanted an orienting principle, sort of a tour guide through all of this community. And for a long time, it was an unnamed sort of Greek course, someone who knew everything and could help orient you, summarize what just happened and sort of set up what was going to happen. And I didn't really understand. I knew that I needed sort of that that signposting and that guide through the book to help people pivot between these different voices and experiences. And I don't know, I'd, I'd had this sort of voice in my head for over a year, and then it just sort of hit me square between the eyes that this was a sports writer, you know, who, who knows um, who's good at summary and sort of analysis of what's just happened as a sports writer, who makes predictions about the game ahead as a sports writer, um, who can sort of speak for the community uh, and, and orient a readership um, as things are moving quickly. That's the sports writer. And so understanding, I had a journalist sort of navigating readers through the book um, and knowing that it was set in 2011 and understanding what um, was going on in journalism and print journalism in, two, in 2011, mm-hmm. I, I, it became crystal clear, you know, that this is a sports writer who had lost his credentials. He'd, you know, been sort of forcibly retired from a newsroom and he still just cared about this team and cared about this athlete and wanted to understand what was going on with him. And that narrative impulse, that that drive, um, that really um, crystallized the structure for me. Many people may may you know, know about spring training through the way that it's been it's been characterized in on the on on the on the big screen over mm-hmm. the years. Some movies um, probably better than better than than, than others. Well, the, what do you think, though, in terms of of the book and and the story and and. Oh, what are some things that, that, that go on in, in, in spring training that maybe just the average armchair fan that's picking up the book may not completely understand what all is going on behind the scenes? Right. Well, you know, I think so much of baseball narratives, whether they're movies or books, are all about, you know, the whole season's on the line, the last game of the year, or um, other sort of ninth inning struggles and I was really interested to think about you know the the drama of the other end of the season the very beginning of the season and and you know there's a lot of hope at that moment but it's not without drama you know I think probably the biggest sort of countdown clock or ticking time bomb of the spring season is somewhere between 60 and 80 guys show up Um, I was talking to one coach who said that one year they had 100 guys show up for spring training they're only picking 25. Mm-hmm. Um, so every every week there's a cut day where uh, 
you know, a segment of those guys get called into the coach's office and, or the manager's office, excuse me, and, um, and don't come back or, you know, get demoted to, um, the minor league camp. And, and so that's hard, you know, if you've been working, uh, towards making the majors, you know, if you've played little league, played high school, played collegiate, played the farm system, gotten in really good shape all winter, this is your shot. Um, and, and I think that's pretty dramatic. You've set the backdrop of the story, uh, as the, as the cactus league. And, uh, Many times, location is is just as central a, a character as the as the main characters are are to the to the story. Why this particular league? Right. Um, well, you know, Major League Baseball sort of bifurcates in the spring. Half the teams go to um, Florida, and half the teams go to Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I knew Arizona better. That was part of just pragmatically why I wanted to write about it. I think that the the Phoenix season is. Um, the Cactus League is really exciting because all the teams are concentrated. You can drive from stadium to stadium and see them all um, in the Florida League. You know, there are often four or five hour drives between stadiums, so it's a little bit harder to to go experience the whole thing. Um, but, you know, I am really excited about place and, and geology and and the natural environment, and I think, you know, writing about the Cactus League and writing about baseball in the desert, thinking about the juxtaposition of these monumental pieces of architecture um, built alongside mountain ranges and in this very dramatic, beautiful, naturally beautiful place was really interesting. You know, I've I've read a lot of um, nature writing and sort of explorations of man impact and imprint on nature um i'm thinking of writers like john mcphee and his book Mm -hmm. control of nature and um it's not the most natural connection but i see that in baseball too you know the stadium that is featured in the book is called salt river fields and that's a real stadium and it was built sort of on the periphery of the farthest out suburb of phoenix and scottsdale and you know it's it's adjacent to a mountain range. And so it was this natural land that's been transformed into another kind of monument. And I don't think that, you know, in terms of the way we generally process sports, we necessarily think about what else is happening in that landscape, but I had a whole book, I had a novel. And so I wanted to, to call out that juxtaposition and explore it. As we follow Jason through all of his uh, exploits and how it's intertwined with the other other stories uh, going on, I, I think it seems that he does. Um, seems like he does grow and maybe has a, a new uh, understanding, maybe of himself and his place in the world. Not to give anything away, but it, it, it seems like he he does grow a little bit through the story i hope so i think so um you know i i was interested in thinking about these i i think it's not just jason it's a whole sort of um band of players in professional sports where um the vulnerability of being a public figure is just impossible and so they've shut that down and have a real um have a real wall up and protect themselves um 
from any scrutiny and any sharing. And, and that's great in terms of protecting one's privacy, but it also means that you're not um, exposing vulnerabilities and asking for help and growing. And, and so I think, you know, the fact that he is in this real crisis and whether or not he wants to share that it's, it's coming out and that he needs to improve um I think there's a little growth there. I'm glad you saw that. <laughs> Obviously, growing up as a, as, a, as a baseball fan and, and, and writing this book, in the process of doing the research to the book, was there anything that surprised you about spring training and the process? You know, I, I've been watching it since the, you know, the 90s, but it was fun to research sort of going farther back, um, looking, you know, teams showed up there. This isn't in the book except for, you know, a few lines of context. The team started showing up, um, you know, mid-century and how how much of a small town it was back then and how much of a sort of an industry it's become, right? A million people show up to watch practice baseball games. Like, mm-hmm. that's a wild thing. Um, and I know Phoenix is really hurting. Uh, the, the season was curtailed by two weeks and just like the loss. I mean, so many aspects of the economy are hurting now. Um, but I think, yeah, sort of the growth of the spring season as a destination, as sort of this um, occasion that feels somewhere between, you know, a real professional league and a carnival coming to town. Um, that was really interesting. Um, the other, you know, I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of research. I watched a lot of documentaries. Mm-hmm. And a lot of autobiography of athletes and oral histories, um, you know, some, a lot of journalism. Um, the other probably most interesting and exciting piece of research I did when I was thinking about sports writers, thinking about journalism, understanding that it was going to be a part of the book. I wasn't quite sure how yet, but I knew I sort of needed to get a better sense of um, the community of sports journalists and also how to write long-form sports journalism. Um, I talked my way into uh, LSU football's press corps, and I was working um, as a sort of a stringer uh, for the alt-weekly in Baton Rouge, and I was doing some sports writing, but I was also sort of a fly on the wall watching the the systems in place um, around the football season there, but getting to know a lot of the writers, the beat writers there, and also um, watching Les Miles, who's there in the last years, and he's such a character. And, um, you know, there there is sort of a spin doctor in my book as well. And, you know, he's not like Les in any way except for that he's protecting his team and trying to spin challenging narratives into positive ones. Um, so that was, that was a really uh, fun season. The Cactus League is out now, and I guess, is this, if I read this correctly, this is your, your first novel? It is, yeah. I, um, you know, I'm in my mid-30s, which is a little bit late for a debut novelist, perhaps, but I've also been working on it since 2011, trying to get it just right. So I'm really excited it's out in the world. I wish there was baseball to be watching, but I'm glad that there's a new baseball book for people to read while we're waiting for the season to start. Terrific. Well, you do have a day job, so I mean, I, you know. I do, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what is next? Yeah, I'm working on more more fiction. Um, you know, I, I've always 
written stories on the side and look forward to getting back to I my favorite sort of story is the long short story things like Alice Monroe um, or Deborah Eisenberg are sort of the the gold standard for me and I, I'm just I'm just dipping a toe into what I hope will be the next novel um, but you know this one took nine years so I'm not going to try to rush anything along. <laughs> Emily Nimmons is the editor of the Paris Review. Her debut novel is The Cactus League. For this edition of In the Author's Voice, I'm Jeff Williams.